Hello, Internet, and welcome inside the Midlife Pilot Podcast. This is a podcast all about flying and being a pilot in midlife. And we are so glad that you're joining us for episode 38 of the Midlife Pilot Podcast, where we're going to talk uh, tailwheels and Oshkosh, um, two unrelated topics, but related because they're aviation. And uh, my name is Chris Moran. I am the Midlife Pilot on YouTube, and uh, I'm glad that you're here. And I'm also glad that my friend from deep in the heart of Music Row is with me as well, fresh off of a, I don't know what you've been doing, a tailwheel endorsement for sure. It's uh Brian Siskind. Good evening, young sir. Hey, man. Um, first of all, it's a very strong intro. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah, my pleasure. I noticed also, and the audio audience will not be able to, that's hard to say, audio audience. The audio audience will not be able to pick up on this. Um, but I noticed that you, when you were doing this very strong, authoritative intro, you were conducting, you were doing this with your hands. Yeah. And you know, I thought, well, that makes sense because you've been actually conducting. I have. I uh, We had a concert for our community band on Friday night, a John Williams extraordinaire. I know I have some fellow musicians uh, who are subscribers to my YouTube channel. Uh, in fact, some much higher level musicians than I. Uh, and uh, we had a great concert on Friday night and a good recording of it. And it was uh, great. I played French horn on like uh, nine tunes and conducted four of them. And uh, it was awesome. Really, really fantastic. And I've been working nonstop on the audio mix and I can't wait to share it with everybody. Uh, it was super fun. But you, you played on this thing, you recorded it, you video recorded it, you arrange, or you um, sort of, produced it all you did about a hundred things and then you also so and then you you would go between playing uh french horn right yep and then conducting um sounds like this has probably been an incredibly rewarding and time consuming thing yeah both of those are very true but it was um you know i was a music major in college so it's fun to be able to get back to that. And um, I didn't get to pursue that ultimately as a career, but um, we've got a really great group of volunteer musicians and they're of all ages, like middle school through retirees and all different skill levels, you know, and it's just so much fun to get all those different people together and make music and um, watch people learn and learn how to play in an ensemble, you know, stuff you just don't always get. And uh, it was great. And it was like an hour and a half show. I mean, it was a legit and if you if you're not super familiar with John Williams' work, you know it's a it's a struggle, especially for brass. I mean, it is a it is a constant blow. It's like the horn is always on your face, and it is um, just a lot. And so everybody worked super hard. It was it was the hardest, definitely the hardest repertoire we've ever done for a season. And uh, but it was great. Rave reviews. It was uh, it was very well received. The audience had a great time, and uh, yeah, it was super cool. Yeah, that that's. And what I saw and heard sounded awesome, man. So thank you, buddy. That's really cool to, um, you know, I think that as midlife pilots, you know, I think a lot of us have, we have other afflictions and, uh, it's nice to see you sort of figuring out how to maintain them all. Um, although I know this is probably taken away from your, your flying time. some for sure. That's all right. That's all right. It's well balanced, right? You got to have other stuff that 
energizes you and music has always been that for me and it's um kind of an escape it's kind of like flying in that way right it's kind of a you just kind of can get into that and it's a whole you just disconnect from everything else and and go well you know you're a musician i mean it's it's um you can't think about anything else when it's happening yep yep, you're just in it you know you're just in it and it's uh it's great but thank you for asking about it and for mentioning it i appreciate it yeah what's the uh what's the equivalent of an engine out for an ensemble playing john williams (laughs) uh you know i thought a lot about that like the worst fear is like you know things falling apart a little and can we can we save it and get back together before we have to like the worst fear right is like you have to like stop a piece and like yeah that's like the worst fear and really we didn't have anything close to that but it was uh it was it was great it was great well if you do it enough times something will go wrong but um Maybe just <laughs> keep it at one for the John Williams repertoire. Right, is this something you're going to do all the time or what? Um, yeah. I mean, we do a couple seasons a year, you know, and um, we do a Christmas. We'll do a Christmas thing in the fall into the winter. And then we do a summer that is we haven't done themes like this before. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're doing next summer yet. We started kind of kicking around some stuff, but um, I think we're going to do some more like serious concert music, you know, like some actual Oh, like Black Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What have All you right. been doing? Oh, man. Um, well, yeah, we obviously we're we're going to talk tailwheel because I got my my tailwheel endorsement. Um, it's funny cuz an endorsement's not really much of a thing, but I feel like tailwheel is its own thing. So we'll, we'll get into that. But um I didn't get like some type rating or some, I don't know, like I, I didn't do anything really, but I did something. That's it great. felt like I accomplished something. Heck yeah. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, otherwise just been all the things, filming things, doing things. I've got all kinds of work and public art projects and documentaries and just whatever, all the all the things that I somehow keep stirring. Um, and then in terms of uh, the airplane, uh, you know, it's like I'd just gotten a back out of uh, annual and autopilot installed just for this other kind of issue to kind of rear its head. That was a little bit mysterious, nothing crazy, but uh, nothing dangerous. Um, But some, there's basically some reason why the plane is running rich and um, long story short, uh, I just flew it to uh, another mechanic who's recommended by our mechanic, who's kind of a, whatever the sort of guru of weird things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I just dropped that off actually a few hours ago. Um, and so now it'll be, you know, it's been kind of down. Oh, and I also had a flat tire. I had a flat nose wheel. So it's just been like fits and starts and then mm-hmm. another thing and another thing. So, uh, but I do think that after this, um, I mean, that's the thing. It was so weird to, fly a plane to maintenance i'm like god this thing is running great <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah yeah like how is this how am i flying to maintenance right now it's not grounded nobody's saying you shouldn't fly it mm-hmm. it runs great um i mean it really it was nice so i don't know it's just one of those things where the overall engine life will be affected if there's gas getting into the it's got to go somewhere so it'll end up in the oil or you know whatever all those things so it's been educational um but, uh, and I try not to be frustrated, but it's been a sort of a uphill thing since I got into this, right. uh, with, yeah, you know, unusually long annual and AP install, maybe not that long considering how much it was done. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just ready to like go and, um, and, um, it's just not happening yet. Yeah. So 
Uh, and then otherwise, you know, it's 197 degrees in uh, Nashville, and I just had another bout of smoke. I'm sure you guys did too. That's fun. Yep. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. I've just been doing all the things and, and uh, trying to trying to fly more. But I will say that, um, and I guess we can just kind of turn the corner, right, and get into it. But um, uh, it's been really cool while the plane has been kind of in its sort of in and out stages of maintenance and stuff. To just be like, whatever, man, that's going <laughs> to take as long as it takes. Um, I'm going to go learn tailwheel and get an endorsement for that. And um, Chris, I've got a problem. What kind of problem? I mean, it's it's bad. It's bad, man. It's I. You don't want... You, you think when you make progress in something like aviation that it... It feels good. I mean, and it does. I I got my tailwheel endorsement and it does feel good. Like I accomplished something, but man, now I'm just in this world of hurt. I want a Cessna 140 (laughs) so bad that I don't even know what to do with myself. Um, All I want to do is that kind of flying, not all, but most, like a lot of what I want to do mm-hmm. is that kind of flying. So, um, I don't know. We can, we can talk about it for a while. Cause I guess we have a podcast and a platform for that. So right. I don't know what, what, what do you want? What do you, what do people want to know? Or I mean, there's a lot of tailwheel pilots in here probably. But, I, I want to know the process. I want to know about it. Like how, yeah. how did it go? Uh, what, what, you know, what was the instruction like? What, what were the order of which you learned things like? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, how how many lessons did it tell me like how many you know all yeah. of the things about just what the process is like to well, yeah to, maybe you can just guide me through it like it's a like you're interviewing me or something and help me kind of stay on track but um first thing is i just went to the universe university of phoenix online <laughs> <laughs> um no so um there's a there's an instructor here that i'd love to have him on at some point uh his name is uh ben layman ben is ben and his wife are the founders of crema coffee which is probably one of the earliest and most successful sort of booming coffee shop uh sort of um businesses that happened in in nashville and um you know he got to a point where he just wanted you know so he's gotten into flying and then got into tailwheel and then got into instructing so anyway ben is flying out of um Music City Executive Airport, which is in Gallatin, which is about 40 minutes away to sort of across, about as across town as you can possibly get from me and then some. Um, but cool little airport. He's got a Cessna 140A and it's a patroller sort of model, which means um, that it's got uh, longer range tanks and some things like that. But um, but it's a 140. He's got you know big old bush tires on it and all that. Um, he's got a great little hangar. I knew that he was the right CFI for me when I I got there and he had these really nice, I mean, the hangar is not, you know, sort of, it's not one of these, you know, eat pizza off the floor kind of hangers. It's kind of rough shot, but he keeps it, everything super nice. And, um, he's got these couches with this sort of table in the, uh, with the middle there, but on the corner, he's got a nice selection of, uh, like Japanese whiskeys and stuff. Okay. So I knew, like, I knew I was like, okay, this I might be heading into the right realm of aviation snobbery that I've been looking for. That's great. Um, no, but, um, uh, but anyway, so yeah, Cessna 140. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess the next thing to talk about would be what, like sort of first lesson or process or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so, you know, you, you go in first and it's really, 
ground instruction for an hour or something, you know, fly uh, or Ben's website is flywithben.com. Probably. And one of the reasons I really wanted to go to him, not because he was also recommended, but just because rarely do I see aviation flight schools or CFIs or anybody have their, their S together when it comes to just presenting information on the internet. It's crazy how poorly that's done across the industry. Um, and I went to his website and I, I was just, yes, like this is rich information. It's relative. It's, it's, uh, it's relevant. It's personal. Um, it's got all the resources, all the things, online scheduler, just all the things all built in. And I realized like, wow, this is an independent CFI that's doing this in this way. And it's his plane. Uh And I thought this is really going to be good because you really can trust that you're being taught. And he rents his plane to people that, you know, sort of qualify to do it. So you just thought, I just thought, well, surely he's going to teach me well if this plane is his baby and he's going to train me to, to fly it by myself. Um, so this is going to have to be good. Um, and so my first lesson, I went in there and did groundwork. Um, and without getting to too much of the specifics of it, I mean, you kind of get the basics of, um, just the CG being different and how that leads to a lot of different things. So, uh, you know, you get into how to stop the turns or how to keep from ground looping or, you know, there's a lot of things, um, in the process that I found to be interesting in the sense that your, your tricycle gear instincts are going to be exactly the wrong thing to do Mm. (laughs) at certain points. Um, you know, you really, for instance, when you land a tailwheel, you, you want to let the, you're used to sort of flaring and keeping the, uh, you know, kind of back or whatever. But as soon as you land, you're kind of letting that pressure off. You can't do that in, in a tailwheel. <laughs> you got to keep that, that nose wheel or the tailwheel, uh, pinned to the ground. You got to, you got to hold it back. And mm-hmm. same thing with just the landing and anything. You just can't, uh, they always say, you know, you can't give it back. Um, but anyway, first lesson. Yes. Uh, went up, basically got familiar with the plane. Um, very cool plane. It was really funny to be doing 150 feet per minute climbs. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and the pitch attitude is so like, you know, and he wants to do sort of cruise climbs a lot. He's trying to minimize the impact of all this on his plane, you know, so we're not climbing out at VX or even VY. And, but, you know, even still, it's like, are we even pointed up? I feel like we're pointing down while we're trying to like the pitch attitude is so different on the, on the climb out. Uh, the, the plane itself is just, you know, kind of like, I guess a one fifty is or something. It's just real fun and not twitchy, but just kind of, you know, fun. Um, stalls, very benign, all that. Um, so I just got used to the plane, uh, and then really what you do is, you, oh, let me back up. Oh gosh, I missed the, all of this is the best part. The first thing I did when I got in the plane is we just went and taxied around. And that was so much fun. Taxiing is probably my favorite, one of my favorite parts of tailwheel flying huh. is all the, the, the work you have to do on the ground to keep it right, you know, and how sharply and quickly you can turn and it's just fun. But anyway, I did all the taxiing stuff and, um, 
you know, you have to sort of get used to breaking the tailwheel loose from its kind of, uh, you're familiar with this, right? Like it'll kind of within a 20 to 30 degree range, it kind of locks in place, but with enough pressure, it'll break that, uh, boundary and then go into a totally free castering kind of thing, uh, to make really sharp turns. But then when you come back the other way, you've got to sort of extra whip the tail back the other way to get it to lock back in things like that. So anyway, um, and then the first thing we did was high speed taxis and, uh, I was exhilarated as I was kind of terrified, you know, because, the amount of rudder control that you've got to exert and the dancing that you've got to do to keep this thing longitudinally aligned is kind of bonkers. And so when you're, and when you're doing that on a 6,000 foot runway um, for a long period of time, it's just like, Oh my God. And I always felt like it was about to go out of control and it wasn't um, super fun. Anyway, we took off and then that was great. So then I'll try to condense the rest of this generally, but uh, it took me a little over five hours to do it, which I think is kind of fast. Um, but honestly I took to it really, really well. I mean, he was sort of like, I mean, you, you just kind of got it, you know? Um, and it was one of those things where if you haven't been doing it very, very long, you just have to kind of like, are you sure? Like, like right. <laughs> but, um, but basically it amounted to doing that. Then you work on the wheel landings. I'm sorry. Then you work on the three point landings, uh, you know, landing on the two mains and the tail wheel at the same time. Um, and then you, get those down and then you know that took about a lesson and then i kind of worked on a little bit getting in the early early parts of the next lesson and then went into uh wheel landings which is so much fun uh all of this is so much fun but wheel landings are just cool man um and so is then, it a, uh, yeah is it a different i'm guessing that in order to have the attitude that you need for each very length, so is it different difference in power? Like you is one of it kind of dragging it in in one way so that you can be at the right attitude and the other is less like that, you know, so that you can have the, the different pitch attitudes. Yes. So if you're doing a, a, a three point landing, uh, you know, you're basically getting it at um, stall, you know, in it's sort of on the ground, attitude, uh, which is still a super positive angle of attack. So, you know, you're just trying to get to that, that place and stall it right there. So your speeds are, are very, um, you know, stall getting, you're getting yourself to stall. Um, whereas, uh, wheel landing, um, you know, you, you come in, um, and by the way, every single landing basically is a slip to land. And so that was also, tremendously fun um to just get a, we learn you know in tricycle gear you do some slips and cool but it doesn't it's not like part of your almost every landing practice you know what right. i mean and it's fun especially in a, a tail wheel with the windows open and whatever but um anyway wheel landing uh you've got more speed but you're coming in at a more uh you're kind of like getting it down almost to the grass and then waiting for the runway to start. I did have all of this on asphalt. So, or, you know, it wasn't a, a grass strip. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, good in some ways and maybe not good in others, but I'm learning kind of like the hard way, honestly, to do it on asphalt. But anyway, so wheel landing, you come in super, you're not coming in at a, at a st- steep downward pitch and then kind of leveling it out. You're, you're coming in a lot more flat with more speed and then you're just finding a power setting that's whatever it needs to be. It's going to be, you know, whatever, say 
1400 RPM or something. And you just sit there and you, if you can get the plane to just be slightly descending while you're, you know, as you're level of, you know, coming across the runway and you just wait, you just leave that power in and you just keep, mm-hmm. keep on the rudders and just patient, 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 patient. And then you're just waiting for that. It just takes forever. It sometimes seems like, and then boom, it just touches as soon as it touches then it's a whole other thing that activates immediately because that drag, uh, you've got to push the yoke forward um, and pull power, you know, at the same time, basically. So you're now flying the tail and you're trying to create a sort of negative uh, angle of attack to keep the wheels pinned to the ground. Cause you remember you've been coming in kind of fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have the wrong angle of attack, it's going to want to, pick back up again. So anyway, so it's kind of a different set of things. And then you kind of let the tail come down and then pin it back and then, you know, all that. But there's just something about, I was trying to explain, you know, like that moment, like the, there's a couple of just moments. I love just taking, just doing takeoffs, you know, in that moment where you can start to feel, I barely, I mean, I've never looked at gauges less flying and ever almost to the point. I'm like, geez, I should probably look at some gauges. (laughs) <laughs> airspeed everything and you're just feeling everything it's not this kind of you know and everything's outside so anyway the, these there's a couple of moments one is uh just taking off you know when you're when you're putting the power in and then you're, you're coming on the runway and then you can just feel when the tail is ready to come up and you, you, you once you get just that feeling of the tail coming up and then now you're at this level pitch attitude and you're just dancing uh with the rudders and then you know hoping that this Cessna 140 ever has enough power to take off Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know that period of time it's so fun and then just the inverse of that just that moment where you're balancing the tail and you know all that so super fun I mean Ben was a great instructor I've never had more fun with an instructor uh which I think was a huge help um I studied you know I, I did all of the work well 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 ahead of time um, I asked him if I was the best student he ever had. <laughs> and he said, um, I'll say you might be the best student I've had between the age of 50 and 55. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. But anyway, so yeah. And so there's a lot more coming. I, I, this is not stopping here. Oh, and we've done, we've done some grass stuff, but like, there's a lot more that's kind of happened to all this, but um, but in general, I'm still going back. Like I don't have the endorsement. I mean, if this guy's going to, have had me rent his plane. I'm going to take it very seriously and make sure that I have run into some difficulties. But the last, the last lesson was crosswinds and kind of chaos. And, and I loved it. I mean, I, I'm like, and, Oh, and the last thing getting back in a Cherokee. It's like, oh. I bet it's so it, I'm like, I don't know what Like this is, everything became so much easier in a way that I can never explain, but my, my longitudinal alignment and, and, and rudder control are already in such a short time on a level that I didn't even understand possible. That's good, man. Yeah. Arrow, Arrow Grizzly sums it up. It says the time when you relax in a nose wheel is the time to get to work in a tailwheel. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. So you could do you get to do more flying. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the sage is in the chat tonight, Ben Singer, and he asked, what, what was the hardest thing to learn during the tailwheel? 
I think I think the hardest thing is when you are doing three point landings and you just have to get comfortable with the idea that if you're at the right pitch attitude at the right time, you can no longer see down the runway at all. And transitioning from inevitably your eyes want to go down the runway, but then there's a point where you have to transition to peripheral vision only and not uh, feeling weird about it. So I would say that's probably the most challenging thing is trying to figure, you know, the, the balance of how high am I off the ground and uh, how can I judge uh, all of that and my, my alignment mm -hmm. um, just peripherally. I think if I was doing that more to begin with, but it's just, you don't have to really do it, at least in this plane, any other time except for, when you're doing a three point landing and, and it's just at the last phases of that. So it's, it's just strange to be like, I've got this totally under control. Wait, I, I can't see. Uh, you know? <laughs> right. Right. So maybe that, I guess. Um, yeah. And just the general, just, you know, people load you up with all this kind of, you know, the ground loop monster and all this stuff. And it's like, it's as, as wild as I let some things get at certain points and how my instructor was just kind of like, like laughing, like it wasn't a big deal. I was like, oh, okay. That and just also the comfort of knowing, because the other part of it is when you're doing wheel landings, you want to, you're hesitant to really go nose or, you know, push yoke forward because you feel like I'm going to flip the plane over. Um, but once you start to realize certain things like that, that and just like, there's just certain thresholds and limits in place to where you kind of can't do the thing that you're afraid of doing. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Biff Benson asks, why are most of the approaches done with sl a slip? Uh, because I'm high. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I mean, I think, I think there's a couple of things. Um, at this airport though, um, the, the approach, the, uh, the, the direction I was usually coming in on, for all the training, there's some high tension power lines that are kind of weirdly, I'm like, that's, I don't like that. So, um, and just in general, I just am trying to fly higher approaches. Um, and, um, also he, you know, again, I'm trying to shrink my, the size of my patterns and stay closer to the runway and, you know, just all of those things. So all that amounts to is even if I'm kind of nailing the speeds, um, it's a Cessna. And so right. there you go. So my base turn is really quick. Next thing I'm on final, I don't want to start coming down because of the power lines. So I'm kind of waiting till I'm over the power lines and then I'd put in the slip and just bring it right down. The really fun thing though, is just being in a, in a pretty good slip all the way like for a wheel landing, because you can come all the way down to, to, you know, to pretty much right there. And then, get level and then have your power set and then you just wait. It's just such a fun That's awesome. thing, but you don't have to do all the time. It's not like something you have to, or I'm not trying to make it sound like that. Uh, one more here. Cheapskate aviation wants to know in the Cessna 140 that you flew, do you have to do S turns to see where you're going when you taxi? So the funny, here's a, one funny thing is that when the, my first lesson in this 140, it had kind of regular, tires on it because he was sort of in between sets of his bush tires and so immediately i was like oh okay i can kind of see things and then the next time i came back i had these bush tires on it and i was just like oh my gosh i can't 
I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's close on taxi. It's close, but I can see, and I can kind of get myself to see enough to taxi up. So I'm not having to do blind sort of taxiing S turns. Well, that's great, man. I'm super happy for you. That opens up a whole other, you know, um, set of airplanes you can fly things you can do with them uh you act like it's no big deal but it's a big deal i mean that's a that's a that's a pretty good accomplishment uh Mm. so that that's pretty awesome i'm super happy for you thanks man it's gotten me to the point now where as much as i need to get my instrument rating i'm kind of like but that takes away from funding that i could do to get (laughs) so it's not 140 yeah so i don't know but um i really I can't express, I mean, especially like on the, one of the first lessons. Yeah. The first lesson when I was just trying to get a feel for the plane, we just flew the Cumberland, the river back at like 500 feet, just going through, you know, windows, doors, open, whatever. And just, I was like, man, this is great. I could do this all the time. I could do this like for hours. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's, it's been, I appreciate it, but it's, it's definitely been an eye-opening thing and it definitely makes um me me want to you know maybe there's other tailwheels i maybe you should look at but my experience in a 140 i was like this is the perfect mix of all the 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 things um, that's great but there's a certain youtuber just got one and, and it's going to get all garmin garmanized and so my first thought was great now the cost of 140s has just gone up yeah. Cause there's not that many of them. Yeah. Uh, someone said earlier, stinky weasel said, uh, 140 a is a rare plane. I think less than 8,000 were made if I'm thinking of the right one. Yeah. I think it's even, you know, and I think there might be 2000 around, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty rare. Um, That's he's got, the, he's got, a, he's got it tricked out though. It's, it's got all the right things and none of the wrong things. So cool. Yeah. Um, so a week from today, a week from right now. This is a this is a this is a transition, right? It's transition time. We're transitioning to another conversation. Do a, do a wipe effect. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a, week, a week from this moment, right this minute, uh, I will be with Cecilia, my daughter, on the ground at Oshkosh. Um, probably, I forget when uh, the sage is getting there, but. I will be trying to find him at some point because uh, we're going to go to Oshkosh next week for a few days, flying in on Wednesday to Milwaukee and renting an SUV in Milwaukee and then driving in. I have camping passes for general camping. So we have a spot. So we were going to take the SUV. So we're flying Southwest. So we each can check two bags. So we're taking minimal stuff for like our persons and all of the stuff we need to camp in our luggage. So like tent chairs and all of the other things that you have to have. And Sage offered he, cause he's going to park, he's flying in and is going to park. Um, and he said, well, you ought to just come over to my plane and camp at my plane. And I'm like, well, that would be way cooler to camp under a wing than camping in the general camping area. Yeah. So those I heathens. Think, yeah, I know. So I think we're going to try to hook up, <laughs> uh when we get out there but we don't have any real agenda i will tell you a funny story though 
I got a random, I saw a random thing on social media about a month ago that the FAA is doing a gigantic survey of people our age. It was almost tailored for me. It's like midlife aged people with a valid medical certificate. So any class medical, one, two, or three, not basic med doesn't apply, but first, second, or third class. They're doing a cognitive study at Oshkosh. So it's basically two computerized tests. There's no impact to you. It's not a, they're not tying any test results to you as a human. They're just categorizing the result data based on age and what class of medical you hold. Um, And they're handing out cash on the spot. Like if you go and take this thing, like, and I got signed up for a spot. So on Friday, I'm taking this FAA cognitive test. It's going to take three hours and then they're going to hand me $300 in cash. Um, for taking this computer test. Basically. And then I'm going to go lose all those brain cells. I'm, I'm going to lose, uh, I'm going to use all my money on uh, A&W root beer floats. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite, favorite treat at Oshkosh. Last time I was there, I, I kid you not, I bet I had 10 root beer floats while I was there. Like it was, it was a sickness. I really pounded them pretty good. Um, can we start a counter in the discord? We should. I'll, I'll okay. keep track. I'll, I'll, I'll mention in there every time I have a root beer float. Um, so I have to take like a whole box of lactate with me and keep them in my pocket <laughs> so I can take a lactate every time I have a root beer float. But. So, so the FAA cognitive studies, is there any more detail about what that is or what their aim is? I'll look it up and see if I can find a link. There is an article. I, I think they're just trying to get a gauge. There, there obviously is some catalyst for why they're doing this study. And I, I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but it was interesting enough to me and I'm a data geek. So I, I always appreciate, you know, collecting sample points and, and yeah. just collecting data. I'm not a conspiracy. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not worried about like, Ooh, give them, they're going to know all about the way you think about things. Like, are they whatever. doing some sort of brainwave monitoring or like, what are they doing? I, no, I think it's just based on your answers. It's probably a lot of problem solving, you know, like, oh, okay. I think it's going to be some of those and I enjoy that stuff too. So I, I think it's going to be a pretty cool experience. Cecilia was just like, what am I supposed to do for three hours? I'm like, babe, it's Oshkosh. <laughs> I can assure you, you'll find something to see or do while, I'm, yeah. while I'm being tested. but So we're going to go in on Wednesday. We'll be there in time for nighttime activities on Wednesday. We have all day Thursday um, to go see all the things, uh, see the air shows, see the nighttime. The nighttime air shows are my favorite, my favorite, favorite thing. And then I'm going to try to hook up with some of my friends that I don't get to see very often in the aviation wor- world, like Chris Palmer of Angle of Attack. I know he'll be there. Uh, I want to get a chance to hang out with him. And I really, the last time I was there, I went to two four flight events, um, which both were extremely helpful uh, tips and tricks and kind of like, you know, four flight stuff. So I haven't looked at the full schedule event, but if if anybody's going to Oshkosh and, and you don't take advantage of the education stuff that exists there, you really, really should. I mean, there is something every day for everyone, um, stuff that is really, really good content because everybody's there. I mean, everybody you would want to hear from is there. Um, so I want to check that out and I want to check out Garmin, uh, because the plane behind me needs to get a, uh, autopilot next year. And we're very seriously looking at the Garmin GFC 500. And, uh, I want to, take a closer look at that and what's involved in the installation and kind of get an idea of how it'll work with our existing avionics package that's in this plane. So it should be a good time. I've wanted to go back. I went in 2020, 
2021, 2021 with uh, my friend Cody. We flew up there in the Cherokee to Milwaukee. So I'm looking forward to going back again uh, and seeing what's uh, Colin says that I need to visit the Joby trailer. I will have to do that. Uh, I'm assuming, are you going to be there? I'm assuming. Yeah. We'll have to go uh, hook up. If anybody's going definitely hook up, send me a message on YouTube or in the discord, but I want to meet as many people as I can. We've been trying to kind of set some stuff up with some of my patrons already who I know are going to be there um, to try to have time to meet up. We, like I said, we have no agenda. I have no obligations there. We're not, I'm going to film some, but you know, without the flying part, I think we're going to do kind of a condensed video we'll we'll film our excursion out there on commercial travel and all that but um we'll definitely film some at the show but um i don't have any real big agenda other than just spend a few days and then we're leaving saturday so here was the other thing logistically we have an early flight on sunday and so we're going to actually leave saturday evening and drive out and drive back to milwaukee and stay at the airport hotel saturday night i had points i had hilton points thanks work for uh, my work travel for uh all the points that i've gained and uh so we'll uh we'll stay in milwaukee saturday night and then fly home sunday morning on southwest should be a good time i'm super excited to go back i'm excited for cecilia to see it she was mad that the first time i went i didn't take her um, oh and she's so, not been no she's not been oh yeah wow so it's just her and i and we'll get to spend you know all day thursday friday and saturday out there just hanging out and seeing airplanes and talking to people and watching air shows do you think there would be a point where you're she's just too cool for you to do father-daughter stuff you know well i think it's conceivable she's uh she's pretty <laughs> she's a pretty bit like me she's pretty busy uh you know she keeps herself pretty occupied she's heading to wvu in the fall uh, yeah. to study um environmental science um forestry kind of stuff and uh, so she's living on campus so she's moving in in august so fortunately she's only 20 minutes away you know she's just up in morgantown so pretty close here but uh smart move as far as laundry goes yeah exactly exactly but she's got a roommate and ready to go but should be a good time if you're going please hit me up um I definitely want to see everybody. It's really, this is a social trip for us. I would just like to hang with as many of you as I can and um, just dig the airplanes together. We'll have to get you up there one of these times. I know. I know. It's just, it's such a weird time of year, at least for us, because, uh, you know, Katie's a teacher. So, uh, and these days, uh, the, the life of a teacher for summertime, it ends in July. Hmm. You know, it's not like it used to be. <laughs> so, you know, she's already having, it's like she's kind of already having to do stuff kind of now, but there's hmm. going to be actual sort of scheduled type things that are already coming up sort of during that kind of time. I would love to figure out a way to go with her as opposed to just me. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, I'd love to get there. Uh, I do, you know, I like things. You know, I like aviation things, but the crowd things sometimes I'm not a, like yeah. a nervous person. I just, yeah, no. it can just be kind of exhausting yeah. or just creature comforts as you get older. That's like a midlife challenge, right? Like I just, feel that <laughs> I didn't want to camp. I mean, I'm not a camper. Like this yeah. isn't my scene, but like the reality of trying to actually find somewhere that 
you don't have to like take a second mortgage to stay Correct. or you don't book years in advance. I mean, you, you can't, there's not a lot of great options. And, um, Oh yeah. The mechanic of our airplane, he goes up there and he was explaining that we've got an RV, you know, big RV, you know, uh, we've got, we got a big RV, our other family, they have a big RV, their family, you know, they have, so it was basically four or five of the, with these big RVs. And we kind of make a whole sort of pit of like a walled kingdom of RVs and, and do our whole thing at Oshkosh and we go for the whole thing. And I was just thinking, I had so many thoughts, you know, but I was like, what, what's it like to have not only just an RV, but all these other people where everybody else has an RV, like you're all like RV gang. And then, uh, also I, I was thinking about how, how do you have family that you want to be around in that way for such a long period of time? No, I'm just kidding. But, um, I got to think about things. things <laughs> like, here, here are the things that I'm already nervous about. I don't like, <laughs> I'm already in my mind. I'm, there are stressors for me. We're tapping I, into something here. I don't like community showers. Oh yeah. Um, because the logistics, I don't like the logistics. Like I've got to wear sandals or flip-flops and then I got to haul a towel around, you know, and yeah. then like, well, I've got to do something with this towel when I come back, like, <laughs> cause it's got to last me three days, you know, or whatever. And like, yeah. there are a couple of towels, you know, I, it's just the logistic and I got to have a little caddy to carry my like stuff to the shower. And like, <laughs> I just, and I don't like heat and it's, I'm outside. I don't have air conditioning. I mean, it's just, I, that I'm not looking forward to that part. Uh, yeah. There's something about surviving all that stuff where you feel fondly about it after, but in the midst of it, you're just kind of like, oh God, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what else uh, is going to be miserable so that I can feel better about not going? <laughs> there's plenty bugs. Oh, yeah. Inevitably the weather, like it seems like every year there's a storm. There's something that rolls through and like wreaks havoc for like a few hour period over the event. So I'm hoping that that either happens, that happens before we get there. Mm-hmm. And like, we just get that out of the way. And I'm also secretly optimistic, although I don't know based on the current, uh, temperature trend of the entire planet at this moment in time i'm not super optimistic that it's going to be cooler next week in oshkosh i haven't looked at the weather yet but um boy it would just be what a delight it would be to be like 72 and partly cloudy like for right. four days in a row and i'd be like "Ooh, lows in the 50s like this would be amazing uh i don't <laughs> like know basically exactly whatever you would have your your heat pump set for right right <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know that we're gonna get there but uh yeah that's the hope anyway but it's um it's fun no agenda hang out look at airplanes it'd be good to relax for a couple of days and just take it all in so oh man that's super exciting super exciting um, so do we have any, uh, questions from the peanut gallery that we want to try to jump into or anything of, of, of that? Um, no, they're kind of just talking amongst themselves. Yeah. Which is great. It's one of my favorite. I read every one that goes by. I really enjoy the like side conversations that always happen in the chat uh, on, uh, Wednesday nights when we're here, uh, recording is a great place to hang out. If you just want to hang out and talk to each other. Oh, cheapskate aviation is wondering if I was talking about big RVs. So an RV 10. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The big version of the RV. Okay. I guess I don't know enough about those things, but is it just me or are RVs sort of crazy expensive? I mean, 
I don't think they're crazy expensive. I, I know somebody who built one. There's a, there's a grass strip near here. Um, the guy that owns it built his own RV. I don't remember. I don't remember what model it is. Um, but he flies in and out of his little grass strip. He keeps inviting us down. A bunch of people from our flying club have taken Do the, that. One, the 172 or the 150 down there. They, people have been in and out of there all the time. I'm going to go down one of these days. I've never done grass. I will probably. Sure you did. I did not. I will probably be. <laughs> High school? Dead. Come on. Uh, nope. I will probably do my diligence and have go with an instructor the first yeah. time. I mean, the science of it isn't crazy. And it's a remarkably well kept field. Uh, so I'm not super worried about the logistics, but we'll go in once with somebody else just to make sure I know what I'm doing. And Oh, thank you. Ben Singer. Um, with the weather. Ben with the weather. Ben Singer with the weather. Let's uh, send it over to Ben for this weather update. <laughs> ben, well, uh, Chris, uh, forecast calling for 90 degree temperatures all week at Oshkosh. Wonderful. Wonderful. It was 91% humidity, humidity here the other day. And we were just trying to figure out like how, how is that even possible? It's wicked. Uh, is it going to be, is it going to be uh humid or just like a, a pleasant 90? It's, I just feel like everything up North a should be cooler, 90. but it's just not the way it works. A pleasant 90. Yeah. I have had a pleasant 90. We are in death Valley. It, it shocked me one year when we went out to Vegas and went to death Valley. Um, and it was like, it was like a hundred degrees. Um, and we're just walking around like, man, I could do this. I could be out here. I could be out here all afternoon. Um, and that's when you, that's how you get in trouble. Like, uh, for, uh, dehydration. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, uh, and make sure you wear your sunscreen, but there is definitely a difference in, uh, death Valley hundred versus like 90 in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I'm certain that Oshkosh is going to be far less comfortable. Well, you'll be, you're going to have all these, uh, root beer floats in your system. Mm. So you're, you're going to be immune to all this dairy out in the hot <laughs> afternoon. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> no more floats. Um, but yeah, so, um, well, I guess we don't have anything else. We can just go ahead and cut on out of here. We'll keep it short and sweet. Um, if anybody wants to fly tailwheel here in the Nashville area, actually I've had a couple people reach out um, prior to this and I've been curious and, wanted to get in touch with my instructor. I highly recommend him, uh, but it's flywithben.com. And like I said, his website's rich with all sorts of information and cool stuff. Um, he also, by the way, the side note, people have asked me if I filmed that stuff. I just didn't really. And he has a 360 camera and a, and a, and a, a GoPro in the plane. I just never remembered. We just never, like half the time we just forgot to turn. We were just having fun and, it was just happening and I was just sort of consumed in what was going on. I did get some 360 footage here and there, which by the way, side note, is weird as hell to deal with. Oh, it's such a pain. I, I love so it. Weird. I, I love it. I love it and the flexibility and the things you can do and the way you can pan shots. And I mean, the, I love it, but y- you are right. Working with it in your workflow is just a beast. It is a beast. Uh, it's a beast. Yeah, and uh, SoCal Flying Monkey has a great video on how to uh, set it up to where you can work with those files natively in Resolve. Yeah. I was never able to get it to work. Um, and I also just kind of didn't care enough. You know, I'm like, I don't know. like, How much am I really going to lean into this? three? I don't even have a 360 camera, but it was just fun to kind of play around with for a few things. But anyway, yeah. point is I didn't really film much of anything, but uh, I did actually shoot some Super 8 of just the environs and some B-roll. That's um, awesome. 
And then I've also got um, uh, another lesson coming up where I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put some energy into really documenting a lesson and it'll, it's not like, Oh, well he, you know, I've already got it all mastered down now. Like it's just going to be me clanking around these, you know, landings that he tells me are pretty good that I'm right. like, that was not that great. Come on. That's awesome. Uh, so anyway, so more, more to come with all that. I got a few things coming. So thanks for everybody's patience. It's a hard time of year. There's just a lot of, it's like a mad dash before the mad other mad dash of the fall. And it's just right. weird. Right. Well, I appreciate uh, you potting with me tonight. I'm glad we were able Likewise. to hook up again after a slight, uh, slight delay in getting back into the thing. And certainly to everyone who hung out in the chat, it's always great to see you guys here. Um, we really appreciate um, the support and uh, to everyone else listening on the audio podcast, please remember to do the things that we love you to do, um, which is, uh, like things, subscribe to the podcast if you're not, leave an iTunes, um, an Apple Podcasts uh, review and a rating if you can find the time to do that. It helps us be seen by other folks just like you who um, enjoy this podcast. It really helps get it out in front of other people uh, and kind of helps us get some traction there. And um, yeah, it's a good time. I can't wait to go to Oshkosh. We'll talk all about that uh, at our next uh, event when we come back. And uh, if you're going, hit me up. Uh, let's connect while we're there and um, I'll see you uh, in Wisconsin. Well, not you, Brian, but some of you. Can I break the flow here of this brilliant exit you've been putting together? Well, of course. Nobody on the, cares. On the, no <laughs> on the note of five-star reviews on Apple iTunes, I wanted to read one that is recent uh, from Lost Rogue. Uh, fun and informative. I started taking flying lessons in the fall of 22 at the age of 57. I stumbled across Chris Moran's YouTube channel while looking for aviation content. That in turn led me to this podcast. It's a five-star pod to be sure. Chris and Brian, Chris and Brian bring excellent conversation to a group of mid and later life pilots sharing successes, challenges, views, and opinions in a fun and entertaining way. Their guest speakers and listener produced episodes have been perfect. The community that has been growing, the community that has grown up around them is welcoming and friendly. And I'm happy to have become a member of that. I've never watched a podcast live until now. I join their live stream whenever I can. This podcast is well worth your time. No, it doesn't get much better than that. That's great. Thank you very much for that. That's, uh, that means a lot. Love hearing those kind of things. It's a uh, community. We say it all the time is our, my favorite part of what has happened here. And um, yeah, we're just so thankful for all of you. So thanks for listening and for watching. And thanks for potting, Brian. And see you later, buddy. Thanks we'll so see, much. Yep. We'll see you guys real soon.